Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Broadway Nation, the podcast that tells the extraordinary story of how immigrants, Jews, queers, African Americans, and other outcasts invented the Broadway musical and how they changed America in the process. I'm David Armstrong, and I call this episode Crazy for Nostalgia, the modern era of Broadway, part three. Get out your white suit, your tap shoes, and tails. Let's go backward when forward fails. And movie stars that you thought were long dead. On the last episode, we looked at the roots of the nostalgia craze of the 1970s and how that mania for everything and anything related to the 1920s and 30s had started underground in the 1960s counterculture, youth rebellion, rock pop music worlds, and the off-off Broadway gay theater scene. And then in 1971, a smash hit Broadway revival of the 1925 musical No No Nanette thrust the nostalgia craze into the mainstream. It should be noted, however, that most of the musicals that emerged in the late 1960s and early 70s were also influenced by that incipient underground nostalgia craze, even if overall their shows were decidedly modern. The first four rock musicals, Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell, and Two Gentlemen of Rona, all included new Tin Pan Alley-style songs. The Tony Award-winning Best Musical Applause was based on one of those vintage films that had been rediscovered on television. And Strauss and Adams' score for the show includes a 1940s boogie-woogie-style song written specifically for its star, Lauren Bacall, who was also back in the spotlight, at least in part, because her classic old movies had also been rediscovered on television. And Stephen Sondheim's score for Company includes both an Andrews Sisters-style trio and an extended vaudeville-style song and dance number. So nostalgia was in the air, and then No No Nanette sent it into the stratosphere. I do want to emphasize what a big deal this was, because it seems largely forgotten today. I recently acquired a copy of the February 19, 1971 edition of Life magazine. The cover story is titled Everybody's Just Wild About Nostalgia, and 40 pages, fully half of the issue, are devoted to the nostalgia craze. This includes a five-page article and photo spread covering what it calls the art Deco Rage, eight pages of text and photos about America's vintage movie palaces, one page on the popularity of new recordings of old-time radio shows, a five-page fashion spread headlined Fashion Takes Its Cue from Old-Time Movie Glamour, and which includes slinky halter-topped gowns by the designer Halston that he calls movie star dresses. There's also six pages of interviews with four classic movie queens, Joan Blondell, Paulette Goddard, Betty Hutton, and Myrna Loy, including 
Magazine Then and Now Photos, and a two-page interview with Busby Berkeley. And the center spread of the magazine is two pages of spectacular production photos under the headline, Yes, Yes, Nanette, a dazzling old musical just 45 years young. There's only one short paragraph of text, which reads, The hottest ticket on Broadway is based on the unlikely combination of old show, old tunes, and some aging stars. But what that package does to an audience in the revival of Vincent Newman's 1925 musical No No Nanette should be bottled for future theatrical transfusions. In a production supervised by old-time movie showman Busby Berkeley, audiences cheer the first notes of T for Two and I Want to Be Happy. Most nights there's a moment of sheer hysteria when Ruby Keeler appears. When she starts to tap dance, shouts of affection bounce through the theater like a Super Bowl, and time dissolves while she garners a new generation of fans. Three months later, Time magazine had a cover story titled That Old Magic Relights Broadway, and they also included a snarky essay that begins by asking, how much more nostalgia can America take? And all of this was before the nostalgia craze expanded into the 1950s. Summer lovin' had me a blast Summer lovin' happened so fast Met a girl crazy for me Met a boy cute as can be Summer day drifting away to up all the summer nights Almost exactly one year after the premiere of Nanette, the musical Grease opened on Broadway. The original show had started in Chicago and was very different in tone and content from the movie and most productions that you would see today. It was in no way family-friendly and, in fact, was rather aggressively raunchy. The original Grease reveled in the vulgarity of its ethnic working-class characters. The show became wildly popular and would run for eight years on Broadway, eventually passing Fiddler to become the longest-running musical of all time until it was passed by a chorus line. And Grease on Broadway started a 1950s wing of the nostalgia craze by inspiring both the movie American Graffiti in 1973 and the TV show Happy Days. The 1978 movie of Grease cleaned up the material considerably, changing the location from gritty urban Chicago to sun-drenched Los Angeles. But even so, you can still hear some of the overtly sexual content of the original in the lyrics to songs such as Grease Lightning. Each Broadway revival of Grease has whitewashed and watered down the show even further, until now the licensing company that handles it won't even allow theaters to produce the original version, but only a sanitized edition in which even the racy lyrics from the film have been purged of anything that's not appropriate for children. Even so, I think the subversive underlying message of the show still comes through. Much like Hair, Grease was a product of the sexual revolution. Many people now criticize the show because they see it as portraying a young woman who changes everything about herself just to get a boy. But I would suggest that the author's true intent was to portray a young woman who was unhappy, scared, and unsure because she is socially uptight and sexually repressed. The happy ending comes when, in the final sequence of the show, she becomes liberated to express her true self and her innate sexuality. 
After all, Rizzo is clearly presented as the moral center of the story, and in the show's 11 o'clock spot, she points up her moral superiority to Sandy with the sex-positive song, There Are Worse Things I Could Do. There are worse things I could do Then go with a boy or two Even though the neighborhood Thinks I'm trashy and no good I suppose it could be true But there's worse things I could do I could flirt with all the guys Smile at them and bat my eyes Rizzo is proud to be who and what she is. In the stage play, she sings this song directly to Sandy, who is profoundly changed by it. And just a few moments later, we see that she has let go of her square Sandra D persona and embraced her inner Rizzo. In other words, she learns to live, live, live. Getting Danny is just an added bonus of that transformation. That's why Grease ran eight years on Broadway and has become one of the most widely produced musicals of all time. That and the very catchy songs. Just don't tell the principal of the middle school that's producing it what it's really about. The success of No No Nanette led directly to a 1973 revival of Irene, the smash hit musical that had opened in 1919 and become the longest running musical of its day. This time, producer Harry Rigby persuaded movie star Debbie Reynolds to make her Broadway debut as the plucky Irish immigrant girl who takes New York's high society by storm. And the original McCarthy and Tierney score was augmented with hit songs from their other shows, as well as a few very good new songs like this one by Wally Harper. Ah, the world must be bigger than an avenue, 9th Avenue, I know. Sure, the life is grand with family and friends, but let's face it, girl, this isn't where it ends. There's a place in the land of opportunity, and it's calling me to go. Later in the run, movie star Jane Powell took over the title role. I'm not gonna sit here napping until the day I die. Oh, the world must be bigger than an avenue, Ninth Avenue, goodbye. And the success of Grease led directly to Overhear, the 1974 musical in which the director, choreographer, and producers of Grease attempted to do for the 1940s what their previous musical had done for the 1950s. The story was about a singing sister act called the DePaul Sisters entertaining the troops stateside during World War II. The characters were clearly modeled after the Andrews sisters, who were back in fashion both because of the rediscovery of their old movies, and most especially because in 1972, Bette Midler rose to stardom when she released a cover of their 1941 song, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, that became a top 10 hit. Bette Midler became one of the brightest lights of the nostalgia craze with her inventive and canny repertoire of contemporary pop music and nostalgic songs and comedy from the past. Even though it hadn't been written for them, the two surviving Andrew sisters, Patty and Maxine, were actually enticed to star in Over Here. And the Sherman Brothers of Disney fame provided a terrific set of brand new, very authentic sounding, big band era style songs for them to swing. 
The bugle boy blew his ratatatoo, telling everybody do your duty. We didn't know how to type and we didn't know how to sew, so we trucked it on down to the USO. But everywhere they sent us, we always missed the boat. We never got a chance to sing the voice a single note. Bombed out, brained out, matter of fact, there's a rumor that we even caused a counterattack. One day we got a communique, report at once to the USA. So we packed and flew through the bullets and flak. Gee, but it's great to be back. Singing for the fellas in the PEX car Lifting them around by singing A to the bar Trucking and a Susie Q and all of the time Gonna keep mom and on the victory line Giving our all, all for the guys You could say we're khaki-wacky for the GIs Cause over here, doot-doodly-doot We'll do the thing that we started to do Cause over here, doot-doodly-doot We're gonna sing for the red, white, and blue While the sergeant does the training And do the entertaining Over here, doot-doot-doodly-doot Together Unfortunately, the show has only been rarely produced since it closed on Broadway. Ironically, I suppose, because people felt it wouldn't work without the Andrews sisters. Greece also played a role in the creation of another of the Nostalgia Era's signature musical groups. While performing on Broadway as the original Teen Angel and Johnny Casino, singer Alan Paul became one of the four founding members of the Manhattan Transfer. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the most magnificent movie musicals in all of Hollywood's history, proudly presents the greatest musical of them all, with special appearances by Elizabeth Taylor, Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly. Then in 1974, the movie That's Entertainment was released. This was a breathtaking compendium of the greatest stars and most exciting musical numbers from MGM's classic movie musicals, featuring stunning performances by Fred Astaire, Judy Garland, Lena Horne, Gene Kelly, and dozens more, and songs by Cole Porter, Rodgers and Hart, Jerome Kern, The Gershwins, and Dietz and Schwartz, it became a runaway hit and spawned three sequels. You can wait around and hope, but I'll tell you, you'll never see the likes of this again. That's entertainment. Boy, do we need it now. Don't go away. There's more of Broadway Nation right after this short break. Hi, this is David Armstrong, and even here in Seattle, warmer, sunnier days are on their way. So it's time to fuel up for them and meet your wellness goals with Factor's No Prep, No Mess Meals. Thanks to Factor's menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, or my favorite, Vegetarian, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. So what are you waiting for? 
kickstart that new healthy routine with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week so you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can crush those wellness goals with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make every day delicious from breakfast to dessert with restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. With no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. With Factor, you enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle, choosing from six menu preferences that help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced meals. Here's what you do. Head to factormeals.com BN50 and use code BN50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code BN50 at factormeals.com BN50 as in Broadway Nation 50, and you'll get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Do it today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Meanwhile, on Broadway, the nostalgia craze continued with a hit 1975 revival of the Jerome Kern Princess Theater musical, Very Good Eddie. Then 1979 gave audiences both the 1928 Eddie Cantor musical, Whoopie, and the 1930s-style classic burlesque show, Sugar Babies. This starred two former MGM movie stars who had been featured in That's Entertainment, Mickey Rooney and Ann Miller. It was, of course, inevitable that the movie 42nd Street itself would become a Broadway musical, using songs drawn from several Warner Brothers Busby Berkeley musical films. That same season, there was the Marx Brothers-inspired revusical A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine. 1983 brought a revival of Rodgers and Hart's On Your Toes. And over the next decade, there would be two Gershwin revivals, both of them so heavily reworked that they were given new titles, My One and Only in 1983 and Crazy for You in 1993. And in between came the Broadway debut of a 1937 London hit called Me and My Girl. I would even put the 1980 blockbuster Annie into this category. Although it was, of course, an entirely new musical, it certainly played on nostalgia for the comic strip and radio show Little Orphan Annie from the Depression era, which the authors smartly used to echo the recession of the early 80s.
This show was another very bad idea for a musical that was viewed with great skepticism before it opened. But in its original production, it was a wonderfully joyous experience whose authors had accomplished something that seemed impossible at the time. They had created a brand new, entirely captivating, traditional golden age type musical comedy at a time when they were very much considered to be dead. Annie ran 2,377 performances. The show's three Jewish authors are composer Charles Strauss, whose music was a very savvy mix of 1970s pop and traditional show tunes. The lyricist was Martin Sharnan, who had started his career as one of the Jets in West Side Story. And the book writer was Thomas Meehan, who said he saw Annie as, quote, a metaphorical figure standing for innate decency, courage, and optimism in the face of hard times, pessimism, and despair. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow they'll be... Quiet, little girl. No, Harold. Go ahead, Annie. It's still a free country. Like all life force characters, Annie transforms the world around her by spreading joy and progressive values to everyone she encounters. In this case, in a plot thread that could not be more timely, conservative Republican millionaire Daddy Warbucks discovers the something that was missing from his life, the life-changing power of love and of caring about someone other than himself. And at the climax of the show, Annie inspires FDR and his cabinet to create the New Deal, and Daddy Warbucks sings along. Stand up and sing. What? Sing. The sun will come out tomorrow. Father Harold. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Huggins. Just thinking about tomorrow. Please away the cobwebs and the sorrows. Till they stand. Hello for the president. But I'm stuck with a die that's gray and lonely. I just stick out my chin and grin. people would contend that the nostalgia craze never ended, at least as far as Broadway is concerned. Although revivals of popular musicals have been part of the Broadway mix throughout almost all of its 120-year history, the success of No No Nanette and its successors created a pattern and expectation that in every season there should be at least enough revivals to fill out a Tony Award Best Revival category. And in addition, you could say that the immense popularity of the City Center Encore series is another extension of the nostalgia craze. I, for one, hope that we will never tire of rediscovering and reinventing the great musicals of Broadway's past. Come on along and listen to the lullaby of Broadway, the hippery and ballyhoo, the lullaby of Broadway, the drama of a subway train, the rattle of a taxi, the daffodils who entertain, the Angelos and Maxis. 
Broadway Nation is written and produced by me, David Armstrong. If you enjoy these podcasts, you could do me a big favor by subscribing, rating, and especially writing a quick review of the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please follow us on our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram, where I often post photos, video, and more info about the shows that I profile in each episode. Special thanks to KVSH 101.9, the voice of beautiful Vashon Island, Washington, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Come on along and listen to the Lullabum Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.